Welcome one and welcome all. We are live this evening. This is May 29th, 2016. We're here on Berry Flow Upstream number 101. That's three episodes away from our next downstream. That's that's all I'm thinking about right now. Uh, we have here with our awesome cast. We've got Brandon Orr. How you doing, Brandon? How's it going, guys? Everything's going pretty well. Can't complain. Excellent. Glad to have you back. I'm glad we got work wrapped up so we can get to the real work here on Upstream. We have Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. rocking some Prosper Works. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Alex? It's a CRM my company sells, and it's it's phenomenal. If you're a small business, contact me about it, or just go get it yourself because it's awesome. No, this is yeah, not product placement or anything, but uh, my week's been great. I've had a lot of crazy stuff going on. A friend came in from out of town, been hanging out with him, and uh, been trying to relax, but doing a lot of business, so it's been fun. Good, man. I'm glad you're staying productive like yeah. this podcast. We also have Blaze, Editor-in-Chief of Crackberry, on air. How you doing, Blaze? Every week it's like, yeah, well, could be worse. Could be worse, yeah. right? This is a super light week, right? I don't want to even like bog down people with like the priv news and stuff like that. I do want to kind of touch base across a little bit of it. Let's talk about first PayPal sunsetting BlackBerry app on June 30th. Um, what? There was a PayPal app for BlackBerry 10. <laughs> I had never used it because the browser was so easy and so fast and just worked where I was anyway. I literally didn't even know this existed. And then I think in like August of last year, we got PayPal and BBM. So like I literally never knew there was an app. What about you guys? Like, does it make you sad? Do you care? And, and I, I had no idea there was an app. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know either. I didn't. <laughs> It was the I mean, Android. It was an Android port, and they only oh, made it work on three. Wow. They only made it work in three countries, and they only made it work on three devices. So wow. it's you know pretty okay. obvious as to why nobody. They're just trying to troll. They're just yeah. trying to troll. Be like, oh, here it is. It's gone. Bad press. They just they <laughs> like the bad press. They should have just left it. Just so they didn't yeah. have to those. Definitely it's it's, cares, it's funny because like from a from a BlackBerry perspective, it's like yo, we still have BBM like. Yeah, and PayPal integration. PayPal, yeah, we, and then like beyond that, it's our browser is so good that it doesn't matter. Like, when are you ever gonna? I get it. Like when when you have an ecosystem and apps work together, and you know one Android app can kick you to PayPal, and PayPal can kick you back to that Android app, and it's very seamless. But I do all of that in the browser, and I get the same kind of experience. So, but I, a, I don't even use PayPal like that. Like like in in an app sense, I don't use PayPal like that. The right. only time I use PayPal is like for checkout purposes or something like that. And yeah. in that case, it's all built directly into whatever website it is that you're totally using, right? You're not going to use the app for that. You're going to use the website wherever you're purchasing products or paying for stuff, you know? So exactly. for me, it was I'm using like, it more as a payment portal more than anything. Yeah, so just mm-hmm. whatever. And it's funny because, uh, as Blaze said, it's only was, was available in three countries, so it's not like anyone actually used the app anyway, <laughs> even though it was there, you know? Yeah, I mean, the app didn't even really work right. Um, I remember I remember there was some glitch when it was initially released. You'd push one button, and then it would, like, try and create an email, a new email or something like that on your device. So it's, it's no fun. wonder that they're actually removing it because it probably should have been better produced in the first place, so <laughs> big deal. And that's, you know, the Deep Six is not only happening to BlackBerry, it's happening to Windows Phone, the Fire Phone, Amazon, so, I mean, it's definitely not something that is BlackBerry-specific. All these minor platforms are 
going to be losing their support. And I really think it's it, it's smart of BlackBerry to go Priv when they did, go Android when they did, because ultimately that's where the market's going to be. Right now, with the kind of deadlock between iOS and Android, for a third OS to come in and really claim a lot of market share would take a lot of money. I'm talking a lot of money. Even Samsung can't even do that with another OS. So it's just not practical at this point. I think alternatives are always good. Windows Phone, great alternative for those who like Windows in that ecosystem. BlackBerry 10 the same, right? I'm I'm digging my BB10 and PayPal and all these apps, WhatsApp, whatever may be leaving, whatever is deep sixing, I really could care less. I'm still getting that functionality. And we have a WhatsApp client coming, which I'm sure is going to cause a heck of a lot of fun in the future. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about that when that bridge comes about. So uh, June 30th, if you do use that app, use the browser. I'm sorry. You're done. What about these Priv apps getting updated in the Google Play Store? I know Alex and I went back and forth <sighs> in our chat. So Alex, tell me about how awesome the manual features are on your Priv camera now that you've downloaded these app updates. It's so <laughs> nice. No, no, no. It's so nice because like I was looking at at the phone and I'm like, wow, there's all these new settings. And then I realized that I was looking at a screenshot and I actually can't access it on Lollipop, and and I was sad, so I can't use it. You looking at a screenshot? <laughs> yeah, they uploaded a screenshot showing all the new manual settings, and it's like, oh, this is great. Uh, and I was com- I was complaining to James. I was like, I just updated it. Why is it not working? And he's like, you must have missed that it says it requires marshmallow, didn't you? Like, um, <laughs> the thing is, it, did, it didn't quite say that, right? Blaze was kind enough in his CrackBerry post to kind of yeah. explain, like, like, don't let that be confused with the actual support you want. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that stuff is going to be coming. You know, those on Marshmallow aren't going to see some of the major fixes. You do see some. Like, for instance, on the Priv keyboard now, you can adjust exposure on the, on the physical keyboard, which is something we've had day one on Priv on the screen. Actually, uh, Blaze was showing me this a little prior to the Priv actually going out. It's like, look at this! In one of our after shows, it was pretty cool to see that kind of uh, exposure control within the Priv camera. But yeah, there's some app updates out there if you like Priv. Um, you know, what can I say? I'm glad they're developing something, right? It's not BB10, apparently. So. <laughs> so the camera had some of the biggest updates, right? We have manual controls, change the shutter speed, ISO sensitivity, white balance, exposure manually focus on a subject and adjust controls with the swipe of the physical keyboard. So this stuff is pretty cool. Why are they wasting their time doing this? Can you just explain why they're even wasting their time with the camera when third parties can just take oh, all that? No, and, no, and no. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. The, the, like, look at the Google camera that comes default on like Nexus devices and things, and it's so bare bones. And I've talked to a lot of friends who have the Priv, and they really want a manual-based camera, and they went searching. Have you ever looked at in the App Store? There's so many options, it's overwhelming, you don't even know what to go with, and yeah. apparently all the good ones are paid. And it's just like, so. realistically, look at my aunt, or look at my mom, or look at my, my buddy who's not that tech-savvy, but he is tech-savvy, because he's, yeah. he's my age. He, he gets overwhelmed with figuring out what to do, which makes him just want to say, I, I should just go get an iPhone, and he's telling me that. So... It, there is information overload with how many apps there are, and yes, there are probably some good solutions, but realistically, just BlackBerry adding manual controls will make a large segment happy who cares about it. I'm going to screw around with it, but I don't I care just, about it realistically. The other, side, the other side of that is the fact that you know it doesn't use the camera API too. So none of those other third-party apps that rely upon that for manual functionality are going to work either. 
It's only yeah. the BlackBerry app that actually works on it right now because, yeah. you know, if you download one of the better apps, which is called Manual Camera, it doesn't work because the Camera API 2 isn't built directly into the crib. Can manual, we, can we, manual functionality only comes by way of the cribs camera app. Oh, well, that's a better point than mine. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this. Let's talk about this serious issue here, guys. It's not the app update or what works and doesn't work. Jubei summarizes it perfectly in the comments about two days ago. He says BlackBerry keeps stating how they're business and enterprise focused, but seemingly are obsessed with updating and promoting consumer features on the priv. It's like, who are you right now? Yeah. Tell me honestly. It's like, I when when Brandon said like, what's the point? Why develop? I kind of agree in the sense that if you're a enterprise like entity, blend. yeah, like give me productivity features. Like a, a <laughs> manual ISO and shutter speed does not make me more productive. If anything, it's wasting my time to get, you know, a little bit better of a photo. Like it's making a photographer more productive because they don't have to go download another app. Yeah, yeah but true. I mean, if you're, you're going to be... That. I see that. Yeah, but I, I mean, like, if you're... <laughs> PSLR. <coughs> I feel like well, the I, piece, I don't know. This might be a generalization, but I feel if you're getting a priv, you're not getting the priv because the camera is your number one priority. I think if you're getting a BlackBerry priv, it's going to be because you want those functionality uh, features, right? And I just don't think the camera necessarily is going to really bring that many people into the fold, right? I mean... If they brought Blend and some other stuff and improved that functionality aspect of things, other than the camera, other than these consumer features, I think those would generally pay bigger dividends than a camera update. I totally agree. For me, it's like Blend is an actual like value add. Like That's something I'm not going to get on an HTC 10, and I'm not going to yeah. get on a... Whatever, yeah. Samsung probably has some shit like that already, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you know, that's an actual unique value proposition. Whereas camera features are really not. You know, you can go into Google Play Store and get a lot of alternatives, or you know, you could use a real camera <laughs> and just get on with your life. These app updates are good, though. You know, we're harping on them a little bit, but I the fact that BlackBerry, I think there's a possibility that like the camera update was something that was based on a lot of user feedback. Um, because I know for a fact that, you know, in the CrackBerry forums, the, the camera app was one of the things that the mo most people highlighted as being problematic because, you know, they wanted those manual controls. And um, we even have, the, have one of the developers who was putting together the camera app, basically, on the CrackBerry forums and letting people know, like, hey, this stuff is coming. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe the camera app specifically wasn't, you know, one of those things that they fully intended to go ahead and utilize in that such a way, but based on user feedback that they received, they found as though that they had to go ahead and dedicate some more time to the camera app itself to be able to go ahead and improve it. I don't know, that's, you know, this is just me thinking out loud with that, but there was a lot of user feedback based on the camera app and how it needed to essentially be improved, so... You know, whether or not that comes down to an enterprise or a consumer sort of scenario kind of really doesn't matter. It was one of the biggest gripes that was visible among PRIV users. So, you know, logically, if, if something is that big of a problem, then you want to go ahead and solve that problem, right? I think it's, I think it's good from, and, and I agree with you, Blaze. I, I really do in the sense that 
giving people what they want is always going to be beneficial for you. I think my problem lies not in the fact that they're developing like new consumer features. It's that they're orienting the company as an enterprise entity yeah. but appeasing the consumer. It's almost like a mixed message, right? It's like, yeah, I mean, can like, I rely on you for consumer things or not? Like, that's been, that's, been, can that's I be been the case since 2013, man. <laughs> they don't know what market they're serving anymore. And it's almost like it becomes, from a consumer perspective, one of those, let me just throw stuff at the wall and see what people want. Let me go to Crackberry Forums and just build what they want, you know? Because we don't know. And, and John Chen seems to be taking that approach across the board, right? It's let me see what my customers want and then build it for them. Like the classic great example, right? They got feedback of 9900s wanting to be reissued. Well, instead, let's build you a new phone, right? And I wonder if there's a potential for more of this as BlackBerry goes along. But, you know, the camera wasn't the only thing updated. Device search got bug fixes and improvements. The keyboard got a bunch of cool functionality. Alex, tell us a little bit about because I'm not using a priv, so I really don't know the intricacies right now. But talk about, like, the Control-Z and those familiar shortcuts we're used to on physical keyboards boards like this and how they relate over to the priv. The irony here is that we're talking about they're taking their shortcuts from the physical keyboard and putting it on the virtual keyboard. You can't actually access those shortcuts on the physical keyboard. I, I would love if you could do that, but um, essentially the, the control key, which on the actual physical keyboard is the uh, like the underscore one, two, three. Let me just see actually what it is. It is yeah, the question mark one, two, three. That is actually seen as the uh, the, the control key equivalent to the keyboard. So if you hold down control C, so you can highlight text and then just hold down that control C, it'll copy, control V will paste, control A will do all, so it'll select all of the text um, in the apps that support it. So for instance, Google Docs uh, or Google Sheets, control Z will work, um, control U, or sorry, Y will do redo. I, there's, there's just keyboard shortcuts that you're probably using on a regular basis. You can do it from the virtual keyboard. I really do, though, wish that you could do it on the, the physical keyboard because that's where I'm doing most of the hard typing work. Isn't there, anyway. an, alt, isn't there an alt button on the physical keyboard, too? Yeah, but, but, but alt, <clears throat> alt already does things. So Alt-Z does... Uh, or sorry, Alt-C does nine, the number 9. Alt-V does the question mark. Alt, like, so it's, it's Bro, kind of missing. you can missing. assign it. You can sorry. assign it. Wait, you wait. You can wait. What? Yeah, you go into settings, go into language and input, go into BlackBerry keyboard settings, tap on advanced, and then tap the physical keyboard, control key, and then tap the left key or the right key to assign whatever you want as the control key. So you can use it on the physical keyboard. I just can't think of what key I would. What key do I sacrifice for it though? Well, like I, I need all seven. It's just the caps lock button, basically. Uh okay. That's nifty. Uh, okay. Okay. Mm. The key actions. The key actions are like Control Z is undo, Control Y is redo, Control X is cut text, um, Control C is obviously copy text, Control V obviously paste text, um, Control B is to bold any of your text, um, Control U is to underline, and Control I is to uh, so some of those basic ones are there and available, which is pretty cool. Prediction and correction improvements, deeper integration to read, you know, through your hub, learn how you actually write. A little bit more flexibility with language. We got Korean, Hangul, and then Vietnamese language support, as well some currency flexibilities with different currency symbols, 
on the physical keyboard and the ability to change the default there. So I just want to point out that I, <laughs> one of the only reasons why I knew that off the top of my head was because I tried it and it doesn't seem to always work for me. It's like, I don't know, it kind of has a mind of its own for me. It works whenever it wants to. So maybe maybe now that Alex knows about it, he can actually I, go ahead and yeah, use I, it more. I, I just set it up and I, I feel like an idiot. I can't believe they have a standalone setting for it. And I, and I <laughs> <laughs> but go through and actually use it and see if it, like, you know, over the next few days and see yeah. if it works. Control A. I'm going to use Control A a lot. I'm going to be honest with you. Control A. That's it's just a. It's, thank thank you for it. your honesty. Oh, sorry. That that was a little stupid. Go on. <laughs> it's, it's funny how like deeply they they bury that though. It's like in settings in BlackBerry Launcher in keyboard. It's like yeah, advanced. Right. Yeah. So Cat Blackbird Calendar got the ability to see today's dates easily <laughs> from the home screen, which I thought was really cool. The new calendar widget. It's actually very smart. It. Very much like a clock will show you kind of an overlay of where your your you know your meetings are during that day. Ability to hide accounts in the calendar that you don't want to see and bug fixes and further improvements. So cool. Priv's getting updated. What is up with this maintenance update, Blaze? You want to tell us about? I honestly don't know what it is. I assume it's just basically a maintenance update for those who uh, who already have Marshmallow. And they're rolling together a security update with it too, right? Yeah, it's basically it, when the when the what is it June security update comes out. That's basically going to be all rolled into one. So hopefully, what I what I think it is is that everybody who received the actual Marshmallow update was that was kind of like the first of what was essentially the beta releases as well because it was kind of like on par with those releases. But as we know, we've had several other different betas. At this point, I think they're up to like number four or five in terms of beta right now. So it's kind of like they're going to move those further betas out into essentially a maintenance release to be able to go ahead and correct some of the previous bugs that were in the Marshmallow build. So really, it's just you know a bug fix update or a maintenance release, as they as they noted. Um, you know, I don't think there's going to be anything drastically huge added to it or anything. Along those lines, um, you know, your marshmallow is going to run a little bit better, unless you're going to be starting <laughs> a week from tomorrow. Yeah, don't even get get me started on the AT&T man. I'm so like miffed with it right now. It's like I just want to get a shot BlackBerry device, call it a day. But that's going to be coming out June 6. So basically, a week from Memorial Day, you can expect to see that update start hitting some of those, you know, unlocked devices that are coming out. So some interesting stuff there, right? But it's it's this piecemeal stuff we've been getting, right? This gets an app update, and it's never very exciting. What I did find rather exciting was this interesting MedSec conference BlackBerry hosted, and basically BlackBerry kind of stretching their leadership in an inaugural medical security conference. Did any of you guys happen to take a gander at that news? David Kleidemacher, their CSO, security officer, did. has basically been working on this for quite some time, building on the standards in collaboration with healthcare professionals, caregivers, medical device manufacturers, insurance companies, and others involved in that space, you know, cybersecurity and the medical side for attorneys and ethical, so many aspects, right, have to be played on, and they're kind of starting to lay a foundation, getting the movers and thinkers together. I found MedSec kind of an interesting idea, interesting as well that BlackBerry would kind of be spearheading it. Do you guys have any thoughts on this conference and what it means for BlackBerry's IoT initiatives going forward? 
I went I went through it previously and I saw some of the information that was there like uh, on the uh, on the Blackberry blog but this is this is basically built off of you know their forming of DTSEC they uh, they got David clone off with David Klaudemacher came up with DTSEC um, which is the the standard that they basically put together for approval processes and security risks and all that cybersecurity guidance all of that um, but I haven't actually like it's one thing to read it, but I'd like to see some video footage directly from the uh, uh, the conference to be able to go ahead and follow along with it better. Because to me, this is it's something that's interesting, and it's really interesting that BlackBerry um, is spearheading it, as he said. But you know, outside of the BlackBerry world, I'm kind of like. Where where does BlackBerry fall in line with this? Like, how important is this in the grand scheme of medical security and cybersecurity and stuff like that? And I think I think that's something that we basically kind of tend to overlook because, yeah, as you said, BlackBerry is spearheading it, but how important is it in the grand scheme of things? Nice. I'd like to I'd like to be able to go ahead and see some information on that. This is essentially, I mean, it's still a pretty like it's a it's a growing market, right? And this yeah. is essentially BlackBerry's business development kind of approach to it, where you know they're they're going to all these conferences, they're uh, they're they're joining these you know all these different talks and things, talking about security with with medical information and things like that. And it's it's their way of kind of building their business and and getting their name out there and, and potentially you know pursuing some future work like that. So I, I don't think it's really too much to read into with these type of things. I mean, it's the same things they've been doing for the past year or so, right? Um, when, when Ever since that health box came out that they've yeah. come out with, right? So it, it's really nothing new. I think it's just a continuation of that process. It's going to take a few years to develop. I agree. I think I think we had some of the foundation right with QNX already being embedded in medical devices. That that foundation was there, right? When you add on the layer of what they did with BlackBerry Chase, right, the uh, Center for High Assurance, et cetera, et cetera, they were working on these kind of DTSEC standards and that evaluation yeah. process and the drafting. So it's almost like they're getting the legislation together to make this move more official. And I think in terms of the connected device uh, kind of realm for medical, BlackBerry is probably one of the bigger names out there in terms of the operating system that's going to be running on these. I know there's a lot of different options that they have for an RTOS, but QNX has a little bit more of a pedigree. So if BlackBerry can get together kind of the, the movers and shakers and push the industry toward these types of standards, having an influence on those standards, it's almost parlays with what they're trying to do with Android, right? Trying to implement some standards for the security side so that they can help Android grow in the direction they want it to grow. Either way, as Brandon mentioned, you know, we had their hundred million that they investment with Nant Health, building in on that whole infrastructure and system with the medical devices on that platform, the HBox. There is, I think, some some pieces aligning here, and I do agree, as Brandon said, it's going to be probably a longer-term game. But again, as, as Brandon said, part of the business development cycle is building on these foundational layers so that they can ultimately offer a product. Some, somewhere down the line that can ultimately make them some money, you know. That's the thing. I'm kind of like I'm kind of like one of the investors. I, I want to see results immediately, and I don't have, you know, I don't have three years to wait and see how this plays out. 
I think we I do need, have three I need years. information right now. <laughs> and it's it's also interesting because BlackBerry's doing a lot more than just kind of they're also talking the talk and, and and again they have so many partners on the hardware side it's almost bridging that with the software side of the equation to bring it in blackberry did a 200 page ebook and it talks about mobility in healthcare organizations and the normal potential it has for efficiency to drive best qualities with patients etc and obviously many different issues that come as part of that decision making so you can you know adopt a you know a secure mobility healthcare plan uh, and BlackBerry kind of wants to be there. So you almost see them aligning not only their IoT strategy for the medical sector, but as well their, you know, their EMM platform and all their productivity suites and things like that, where, you know, not only do we want to talk to the medical equipment itself, but also we want to be able to be on your mobile device in a secure manner so that the mobile devices you deploy in the medical space can talk to those IoT connected devices so you have a little bit more synergy. So very interesting, again, BlackBerry pushing hard on these fronts a mobile healthcare ebook from BlackBerry. Who would have thought of that three years ago? You know, it's it's really a dramatic shift in their focus and strategy, and for them to be telling us what the return on investment can be, you can imagine they've analyzed it for themselves and do see the value being added here. I think uh, we're just it's just not sexy enough, right? <laughs> At this no, point, it's not. and that's you know, like to be perfectly honest, I'm like half falling asleep here listening to. You know the could be's and the potentials. I, mean, I show me the money. <laughs> That's all it all it breaks down to is me. Show me the money. How's BlackBerry going to profit off of it? And you know that's that's obviously, you know, it's not realistic to go ahead and demand those things in such a new market for me now. But at the same time, that's you know that's what people want to see, and they need to be able to go ahead and find out exactly how how this helps BlackBerry. It's it's one thing. You know, to go ahead and put this information out there and everybody, you know, take it all in, but you got to understand it and, you know, break it down to exactly how does BlackBerry profit off of this. And, my, and I totally agree with you guys. Like, you know, obviously it's going to take a long period of time before we actually see that, but, you know. I see, I see, I see some pieces and I just wonder how it all comes together. Because you guys remember rumors back in the day, and it wasn't really rumors. It was almost like John Chen offhandedly saying it, you know, building a phone that had antimicrobial properties, you know, had a coating that, you know, resisted different bacteria and things like that. It's something they're very, very capable of doing probably. But it's, again, where is that marketplace? And I think as as Brandon elaborated on, they, they're starting to investigate this sector more and more. Looking at the table of contents of their ebook, it talks about mobility offering huge potential benefits for healthcare, changing the face of healthcare, mobility risks in healthcare, developing your mobile strategy, clinical collaboration, which I think BlackBerry could offer a lot to, and then obviously the the availability of their cross-platform EMM to manage, be it a tablet, a smartphone, a computer, and then obviously staff coordination as well through mass communications. So you almost take a look at BlackBerry's secure com, you know, communications platform, right? This is ad hoc. This is SecuSmart. This is the cloud phone, Movertu, that they have. And you really try to bridge it all together, and you see they have a little bit more of a cohesive offering, one that is almost tailor-made for an industry such as the medical. It's now, let's get customers on board with our end-to-end -end solution here. So you can imagine in a hospital, right, you've, you could have BBM protected for inter-doctoral inter, you know, communications. 
You can have tablets and computers that everyone can integrate and communicate through. You have ad hoc for crisis when you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say a plague. Plagues don't really break out anymore, but you guys know what I mean, right? If there's any viral contaminants <laughs> that break plagues, out, plagues or, do kind of break <laughs> out. If you think about it. viruses, epidemics. Those that's are, what that's what I, I meant. Those are realistically plagues. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of I think value that BlackBerry can offer to a lot of industries. I think right now. It's part of part of what they need to do is get the education up, right? There's a lot they can offer to the consumer. The Priv is a great example, but it's so undersold because a lot of people don't know what Priv is capable of and what it can really offer them. And the same thing can be said with BlackBerry software platform, right? It's growing great. You hit your 500 million the, in the you know fiscal year, but I think there's a lot of opportunities to show these other industries that there is a lot of value that BlackBerry can add, and it's layered throughout their solutions. Just some interesting food for thought, guys. And I know, you know, this MedSec is just a small, small part of all of this. But I do see this kind of longer out uh, strategy here that they are aligning some of their items to potentially deliver on something. But I, again, I wonder what it could be and what partners they'll have on board for it. It was interesting when we saw the Genomics Genome Browser running on the Passport through Nant Health Systems, right? That was interesting. That was kind of innovative. But even as Blaze mentioned, I think, last podcast, we, we hear a lot about these things. They get baited out, but we don't really see where the money goes. How is it actually beneficial to BlackBerry? What about you, Alex? Do you think BlackBerry is smart to kind of leverage in a direction toward the medical space, or is it one of those sectors that is really going to be hard to break into in terms of the, you know, the, the customer acquisition cost? Um, I, I kind of feel like the same with government. There's That's a good space to uh, where there's a lot of money that kind of goes around. So to get into that, that's great. Just like the government, there's government contracts and there's some sick money going around. But yeah, the, the fact that it is highly you know regulated and things with that, it does make it difficult to get into it. But if they, if they do manage to get into it and become a big player, I think it'll be worth it even possibly over the, the small consumer market that they can yeah. kind of try and get into. But the thing, the thing with highly regulated industries is it's overall like it's an advantage to get into it if you can provide, you know, if you can get work in there because there's fewer, there's less competition just because of the nature of being in a highly regulated industry. And also because it is a highly regulated industry, margins are higher. So I mean, yeah. That's that's a place where BlackBerry definitely they're they're known to kind of be kind of a niche uh, company when it comes to you know what they target and things they they kind of have this niche in security right even though they're you know a broader mobile device and software company so uh, that that also plays in the consumer space right uh, so I think if they pursue that opportunity it's it could definitely provide a good uh, return on investment. And I, I honestly think there is some value for BlackBerry to have an end-to-end -end solution there. It really is going to be about the, that education piece because we can look at it, we can read the e-books, and we can understand the values right very quickly and easily. But for ultimately what we're trying to do here and what BlackBerry is aiming to accomplish, it's going to take more than just one solution and one piece of software. It is also going to be the federation around all of it. It's going to be having the legislators, the regulators, and everyone who's a part of it really involved in pushing the industry forward. Because innovation like this to happen on a standardized scale across the globe is going to take massive, massive influence from a lot of heavy hitters. We're talking, you know, the IBMs of the world really coming together and pushing this as a new standard. So I really hope BlackBerry is 
is successful in this because a smarter Internet of Things in the medical space could potentially save millions of lives. And I think really that's a value add that only BlackBerry can really tackle right now. This is a place where everyone can win, right? You can have an Apple iPad, you know, at the register. You know, you can have a Samsung tablet, you know, bedside. You could have a BlackBerry handset on the in the doctor's pocket, right? These are places where every manufacturer can win, but BlackBerry can really start pushing to leverage on those high margin software solutions that they have that would run across all of these, you know, pieces of hardware. So definitely kind of some interesting stuff. For most people thinking of BlackBerry in that parochial scope of just a hardware manufacturer, again, you need to that's something you're gonna have to get over these days. Even though it's forty percent of the business, thirty six percent, you know, there's a lot more that they're moving toward, and I think that's really where they're going to stake their future. It's not on that handset. It's on this type of IoT initiative. Same with BlackBerry Radar, right? Very interesting. I asked for pictures of the darn box, and I couldn't get one. <laughs> from, and it's like, well, if it exists, if you're deploying it, you should have a picture of it, right? Aside from the one at your, your little conference. I mean, this is type of stuff. That education piece would be great. You know, Blaze and I would love to help you guys out. Put it on CrackBerry. Put it on BerryFlow. But there's so little information that's tangible for people to really grasp and understand that it's super hard to make that sell or even yeah. just that ed educational bid, you know? So BlackBerry... Make it sexy for me. <laughs> make it sexy, you know? Have a have Blaze just running around with a radar stick just beating it around telling you that your car goes, your car goes loose and that'll sell, you know? Mm. We need to we need to get uh, Kevin just to talk about some of this stuff because more people will listen. I feel if it comes out of his mouth as opposed to Alex's or my own. If Alex starts talking to me about medical devices, I'm gonna be like, uh, it's not happening. <laughs> I can't help you with your medical problems, Alex. Right. Sorry, I'm not undiagnosed. It's just crazy to think, you know, if we were looking in 2010, would you guys have imagined six years ago to be getting medical? <laughs> anything from BlackBerry, like medical feedback, or it's just crazy to think how far they've come in such a short period of time. Uh, really, yeah, kind of dynamic, sure. dynamically changing the business. So I wanted to close here with a quick reminder for everyone. Right, we have BlackBerry 10.3.3 scheduled for mid June. This was pushed back originally from our March timeframe, and it's pending. Right, pending that NIAP certification. We don't know. That could take even longer. We don't know. But we are waiting on that OS, and it is summertime as we're headed here at the close of May. So potentially next month we could have an operating system update for BlackBerry 10. My only hope is that beyond the NIAP certification, they do something to blend, not not blend BlackBerry blend, but to blend some of the feature parity between what they've done on Android and what they've done on BlackBerry 10. Some of the, you know, the keyboard control this, control that, I would love on BlackBerry 10, you know? I would love some of those other additives, predictive emoji and things like that. I would love that on BlackBerry 10. It's small things that could be done at the app level in terms of an update that could really help benefit the OS as it grows. But again, potentially next month we could have an OS update for BlackBerry 10, assuming NIAP certification has gone through in a timely manner. I'm trying to remember. emoji work on How to do you can substitute stuff to make it work. Okay. Yeah, uh, but what about the keyboard? That's, I mean, it's not built like Android in the sense where you can just update it from BlackBerry World, right? Like that would actually have to be a system update to, to improve the keyboard. It's weird because there's a BlackBerry keyboard that's obviously the virtual one that's built in, and there's no, like, actual application to update. So, yeah, you're right. And, again, this is why when they update to 10.3.3, which is a yeah. system update, 
we could potentially get some of that. And they've had months to do it, you know? It's but but again, for all we know, it's just gonna be basic really basic security updates and no really front end changes for people. I think as a nod to the millions of users that they still have on Blackberry ten to do some of those small things would go a long way in terms of my OS isn't dead, I don't need to jump to Android right now. I think keeping people on board is something of value. Even though you're you know, trying to sell people on a $700 priv, there's a line you have to toe between keeping who you have and potentially being able to migrate. Blaze, what are your thoughts? What's your gut feeling that it's just a security update, there's not really going to be much else, and the move is to try to migrate people over to priv? Yeah, security and bug fixes. That's pretty much all I got. I don't think there's going to be anything hugely additional added to it. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily, like, you know, push people to priv, but it's more along the lines of maintaining the people that are already using BlackBerry 10 and keeping them satisfied. So, see, I'm not satisfied. Like, I'm very satisfied <laughs> with my with my BlackBerry 10, but I'm almost jealous of my priv. You know, and it's like, damn, I hate my priv, but I love my my passport. And what that's it's frustrating because I, I use both. And I see that one is clearly better than the other, but in terms of where BlackBerry's focus is, where they're putting their attention, it's not here anymore. You know, it's on that slider device. I was just uh, watching X Men the other day. Yesterday, was that yesterday? Yeah, I was watching X Men yesterday, and we're in line to get some popcorn. And I turn around, and the guy behind me is just smiling at his phone. And I'm like, look at this guy. And he's on his BlackBerry Priv, and it's the first time I'd ever seen one in the wild outside of you know a carrier store or an employee holding one. And he he's he slides it open and starts typing away, and I'm like, you know, I understand, man. I pull out my red password. He's like, yep, you understand. He's like, everyone always ranks on me for having a BlackBerry, but I love my BlackBerry, and I'm never gonna get rid of it. And I think you know that loyal following, myself and that gentleman, I think those are the kinds of people who you want to try to appease. And just like those camera features and updates are great to keep people on Priv happy, keeping people that are on Blackboard 10 happy may, may be something worth investing in. But I guess time will tell to really show you know, where Blackberry 10 will go from here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, like, you know, like it's sometimes, sometimes it doesn't even need like very you know, complicated things to make people happy to give them those those improvements. I mean, one of the things that I loved personally about BlackBerry 10 was those simple but yet effective little things that are just baked into the operating system that make it so much easier to use than, than some of the competitors out there. Um, like, like you were mentioning, and, and like you said, those you know, sh keyboard shortcuts and things like that, if they could bring in a few more of those things into the operating system coming up into the upcoming update. I mean, those things, I think, personally, go a long way to improving the experience, a lot more than one single app does. Um, it, it's just at the foundation of how people use the device and use the operating system, and, and those things truly have an impact on, on the satisfaction of the users, right? Uh, but one thing I will say, I do hope they finalize uh, BlackBerry Express, finally. Yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> that's, an app, that's an app that I could totally see being an Android application as yeah. part of their experience suite, but <laughs> kills me. It's not there. Uh, it's one of those things that, for BlackBerry, I think is, as Blaze mentioned, probably not a top priority right now. I think they have to kind of walk before they run, and it's like, 
we need to walk in the realm of Android before we can dabble at trying to balance two different operating systems and two different user bases with two different needs and desires. I think right now the way they're focused with Android is probably best for them because they have more devices coming that will run Android, as we know about. And I think right now the focus is where it needs to be. It's just will it ever refocus on BB10, or is it yeah. truly being phased I, out at this point? I think they really need to define where they're going. Right. And I think it needs to happen fairly soon. Uh, they can't play this game of let's wait and see, you know, what we're going to push forward. You know, if they're if they are going to plan going with two operating systems and go full blown, do that. So be it. But but make it but define that. You have to define that that whole kind of relationship between your consumers and, and what your company does and is kind of expressing through their actions, right? And if they want to go and pursue going full in on Android, then I think that's something else that also needs to, to be defined as well so that people can, you know, make plans, can, can understand what's going on, right? It's definitely going to be a hard point for them because I almost feel like they're almost waiting on how secure can we get Android before we make that final call, right? So there's so yeah. many kind of balls up in the air for them to even decide what's next. And it's interesting to see kind of how they're playing it out because, again, we go from medical IoT security over to ISO shutter speed on prim camera. It really is kind of night and day in some of their focuses. Alex, what are some of your thoughts in terms of BB10 versus Android? At this point, do you think it's it should be an all-Android focus or should some kind of uh, maintenance be given to BlackBerry 10 outside of bug fixes and security patches and updates? Um, I think they should focus most of their time on Android, and it seems like they are anyway, but I had an interesting conversation with my cousin the other day who's still using a Q10, and he was kind of looking at, at my priv again because he was thinking about getting it, and he's like, you know, realistically, I love my Q10, and I, I don't, I'm not yet ready to learn a new operating system, and I don't really want to. I'm happy at the moment, and uh, he's like, so what do you think I should do? And I'm like, honestly, you can get a passport. You just need to understand that if you're buying a passport, apps may slowly stop working over time, and maybe give it about two years. That if you're if you're willing to if you just, and he he just wants to delay the inevitable. I said inevitably you're going to be on Android or iOS. You know, Windows Phone just shut down, so you're going to be on one of those two. So if, if you just want to delay the inevitable, go to Passport because you'll be happy. And if you'll be happy, then that's fine. So he's pretty much made the decision now to go to the Passport instead of moving to the Priv. And he's going to be happy, but he understands what he's getting with it. So it wouldn't be a bad idea to maybe support minimally for the people like him who are supporting BlackBerry by buying their products still. But I do think they should put most of their time into Android, which it, it seems like they are anyway. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with that though. Like, I don't think BlackBerry themselves have to do very much in terms yeah. of support because the, the the OS itself is solid. It yeah. works. You know, there's very few bugs in it. You know, when you think back of of how much growth BlackBerry 10 itself had from the time it was released to yeah. now, you know, there's not a lot of problems with BlackBerry 10 and everything. Everything about BlackBerry 10 specifically, if there is a problem, it doesn't necessarily come from the operating system itself. It basically comes from the ecosystem itself because the ecosystem isn't necessarily growing to meet up with the demands of the actual users because, you know, time and time again we hear that, they, you know, BlackBerry 10 doesn't have the apps or 
this app is no longer going to work or, you know, WhatsApp is no longer going to play nice after uh, 2016 or, yeah, you know. And Facebook's it, not going to work, but it does. Right. And that, 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 that ecosystem and the news of that ecosystem is problematic to, you know, the further life cycle, I guess you could say, of BlackBerry 10. But BlackBerry 10 itself works. Like, it, it, really, it, it really comes down to what you expect to get out of the device. If you just want email and, you know, great browsing experience and so on and so forth and don't really care about apps, then you have a solid device with BlackBerry 10 on there. But it's mm -hmm. just when you, when you start going into the whole ecosystem of it all, that's where it starts to really fall apart. And, you know, there's nothing that BlackBerry can do about that. It, how could BlackBerry go ahead and infuse BlackBerry World right now to get developers to go ahead and create these apps or anything like that? They can't. That, that time is long gone to be able to go ahead and, and, you know, move into that spectrum. Like, I don't know, it, 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 it goes back to that rumor, like, basically where people were saying that, okay, well, BlackBerry's going to focus on Android now, but then they're going to go back into BlackBerry 10 later on down the road. No, you can't do that because you can't put your ecosystem on hold. It doesn't work like that. Like, and he, but even John, Chen in, even John Chen in interviews has said, you know, after 10.4, maybe we'll release another BlackBerry 10 device. And the outside of your ecosystem argument, which I totally agree with, I think another BB10 handset is not necessarily a bad idea. Just like the 9900 re-release no, wasn't not. a bad idea, right? So it, it's kind yeah. of a parlay between the ecosystem not growing, but the hardware and software still being very, very functional, right? And I think that's going to be a place for them to really investigate. There's so many potentials for them to either migrate BB10 users to Android via even a software update, you know? If Passport's the only device that can get it, so be it, right? But we've seen Passport's running on Android. The question is, were there different internals, were there different specs on the inside that made it possible, or were they able to do it with the chipset that already existed? And whether a migration path is something that's worthwhile, you know? Because if, as Alex says, your ecosystem is what's going to grow, maybe you need to migrate physically your hardware and gain those users who are going to be able to use your software in a quicker way than what's what you're doing now, because $700 for a priv, even $600, $699, is still pretty tight, you know? Not many people are going to go for that. And I know right now you can go get them out there, some of the GSM ones for like 400 bucks, but still, you know, that's people waiting and waiting and waiting for to now finally be able to do so. I definitely feel like the ecosystem with BB10 is not going anywhere, but I still find myself downloading new apps all the time. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting, like one app, Do is a great app. All of those are by Roger LeBlanc. I just started playing Borderline on BlackBerry 10. I just also installed the Just 10 beta, which I think is pretty cool, a cross-platform app as well. Do is really cool, guys. Check it out in beta world. It basically makes all your little side buttons convenience keys. You have two different settings that you can set for each one, which is pretty cool. Again, a feature you can get on Android, but you got to buy or pay for an app to go get it. Buy or pay, that's the same thing. Buy or download an app to go get it. But definitely an interesting conversation, gentlemen. I think most of us are pretty happy with whatever device we're on. I know half of the half of the team here is on a Priv or an Android, and half of the team's here on a BB10. Brandon, you and I are the holdouts, my brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bopper 10 till it dies. Or until we get funds to buy a Priv, or until I get funds to buy a Priv. <laughs> is it bad that I bought a Priv and don't use it? Like, is that bad? Send it, send it to me, man. 
<laughs> would it even work? You'd never get a software update on it ever because it's 18 in frequency. Oh, man. Let's go jump on this after show. There was a really interesting uh, article that was discussed by a developer um, in the Apple camp. He basically said, you know, Apple, if you want to avoid BlackBerry's fate, you got to start changing. And if Google's right about AI, it's potentially maybe already too late. Really interesting kind of piece. We're going to talk about that in our after show. These podcasts, as you guys know, are funded and sponsored by our awesome patrons. We have a couple questions I just want to smash out here real quick before we jump into the after show piece. Um, we had just one or two. Some of them were about system stuff we talked about last week and also just some interesting topics in general. So we had one here talking about the idol. So, Blaze, I'm going to kind of shoot this one your direction. If the rumors for the Alcatel Idol 4S turn out to be true, would you buy it? How well do you think it would sell? I'm interested in the device. It becomes BlackBerry branded, then I'm all in. So mainly the two questions, would you buy it, and how do you think it will sell? And I guess that question, would you buy it, doesn't come from a, a CrackBerry's editor-in-chief place, but as a, you know, a person, a general consumer, would you buy it? Yeah, um, from an editor-in-chief perspective, I mean, obviously I have to buy it to be able to go ahead and utilize it, but if it was broken down to a personal level, would I buy it? Probably not, because I take, I kind of take the same road as Alex. I'm not interested in any sort of mid-range devices. I'm pretty set in basically purchasing higher-end devices. So, you know, on a personal level, I would most likely stick with my crib at that point rather than purchase anything mid-range. Like, why, why would I go backwards? Right? Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You, live, you live a privileged life, Blaze. I'm only go high end devices. Mike brings up a topic suggestion. He says there's an interesting article about Windows Phone on the register, and mentions RIM a couple of times, but also shows a picture of a Dell Windows Phone slider along the caption that suggests the format was dead until revived by, in the priv, and that he didn't even know it existed. And yeah, uh, there was a slider Windows Phone, a Dell, that back in the day that. Uh, had the same slider kind of form factor. It looks a lot like the Priv, actually. And yeah. you know, BlackBerry refined the hell out of that kind of form factor, which, of course, they'd pioneered on the Torch devices. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of juxtaposition that can be done between Windows Phone and, and BlackBerry 10 right now. So it is kind of an interesting point for you to bring up, Mike. It's definitely interesting that that form factor had been explored on Windows. I can imagine it being really, really bad on Windows. Like, I, I can't see a physical keyboard and the Windows OS going well together. Whereas with Priv, at least they've done a lot with the launcher to make it kind of work well. I, I can't imagine back then that it was any good. But uh, is, does anyone have gone hands-on with that phone? Who knows about it? That Dell? I've never touched it. I know of it, but I have no actually what used you're it. Talking about. Here, let me see if I can find a link to it. Here's I think the article. It was article. Like the Dell Venue 3 or something yeah, like that. Venue, yeah. It was a crazy little idea. Let's see if I can get a link for it. I'll put it in our chat here and whatnot. Yeah. I just posted. If you scroll down like midway through the article, you're going to be able to see the device itself. But this article is really talking about kind of, you know, a Windows Phone story from hope to dusty abandonware. And abandonware is what I hope Blackbird 10 doesn't turn out to be. If they playbook us again, I'm going to be pissed. Let me tell you. But I already feel playbooked at this point. I feel playbooked by the playbook and also by BlackBerry. So, <laughs> and again, that form factor died out years ago and was only revived the last year by BlackBerry with its priv. So kind of interesting, that whole form factor, the slide out, because you get the best of both worlds in that sense. But 
anyway, if you want to continue to support and watch our podcast, consider supporting us on buryflow.com forward slash Patreon. We're going to hop on our after show for our patrons right now. We appreciate everyone watching. We're going to catch you next week on episode 102, which will be on June the 5th. Thank you, guys. Later. Take it easy. Peace.